Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. everybody and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman and I'll be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call para-reality. Welcome back to the podcast everybody. You know April was kind of a weird month and because it had five Fridays in it and Since I only do new episodes on the first and third Fridays, I got to have a couple of weeks off. And it felt really good to just kind of sit down and relax and not have to worry about a podcast and just uh, refresh myself. But now I'm back. I'm recharged. Had a nice break. I'm ready to go. Feels good to be back. Do you guys remember back a couple of years ago when all those mystery drones were causing all kinds of panic in Colorado? Well, I was thinking the other day about what could I do this particular podcast episode on, and for some reason, the Colorado drones popped into my mind. And, I'm, you know, I never really felt like there was a proper closure to that whole investigation, so I wanted to do it justice and revisit the topic one final time and hopefully put the subject to rest. I did a couple of episodes about the drones with my resident skeptic at the time, John Harrison. And if you want to listen to those episodes, I have a link to both of them in the show notes on the Parareality homepage. Now, you don't have to click on those if you just want to go to the uh, archives section and scroll through all the archives until you find the Colorado drones. Uh, That's entirely up to you, but I'm trying to make it easy for you here if you want to listen to these episodes. If you you, want a refresher, you're like, man, I I remember these things, but not a lot. You know, you you can listen to 
my Colorado Drones podcast episode. Now, you you don't need to listen to those two prior episodes before you listen to this one because it's not really, like, going to matter, I guess. Um, but if you want a refresher, just at least listen to the first episode, and it's called uh, The Colorado Drones, I believe, and the, the second one I think is called More Mystery Drones. So if you just want a refresher, you know, you can listen to it, but you don't have to. But I do recommend, though, if you have no idea what I'm talking about here, if you've never heard of these mysterious drones, then I think you should at least listen to the very first episode that I did on it. Once again, making it easy on you so you don't have to search through all the archives. There's going to be a link to both prior episodes right there in the show notes on the Parareality homepage, and all you got to do is click on that. So get into your flight suit, put your leather flying helmet and goggles on, and throw that scarf around your neck, and let's go on a drone flying adventure tonight on Parareality. But to learn more, you'll have to turn on, tune in, and find out. Parareality is a proud member of the Straight Up Strange Podcast Network. To learn more about all the awesome podcasts that are members of the Straight Up Strange family, go to straightupstrange.com and get strange. Hey, how would you like to be an agent of chaos? What is chaos? It's the knowledgeable apprentices of Sandman, and that's what I call my Patreon account members. I'm looking for new agents, and I'd love it if you'd sign up to become one. There are three levels of agents, and all are extremely affordable, $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content, along with the ability to help create podcast episodes, and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality. 100% of the proceeds from Patreon goes back into producing quality content for this podcast. You are listening to the Parareality Podcast, your information source for conspiracy theories, UFOs, the paranormal, and all things unexplained. New episodes drop the first Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. time. Listen on your favorite podcast station. Turn on, tune in, and find out. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Just before the COVID-19 pandemic hit the U.S. in early 2020, Eastern Colorado was center stage for a kind of whodunit. Ranchers, farmers, and even a few deputy sheriffs described mysterious drones flying in the night skies. First things first, though, there are videos. On YouTube, you can easily find footage of blinking lights hovering over houses, farms, and highways in Colorado. That's evident at least some of these lights belong to drones, but it's harder to determine if these drones really were six feet wide. Now, law enforcement officers in 16 Colorado and Nebraska counties personally witnessed 
the drone activity. With one Kansas State trooper using night vision goggles to estimate one drone had a 10 feet long wingspan. Now that is a huge drone. I don't know. I've never personally seen a drone that big. And I don't think you can get those off of the shelf. I, I don't know. But who could afford it if it had a 10 feet long wingspan? Unless you're a freaking millionaire. The only people that would have drones that big that I'm aware of would be, well, someone from the government. And speaking of the government, a report on unidentified aerial phenomena, or UAPs for short, was released last year by national intelligence officials, and it didn't say anything about the sightings in Colorado. So, being the curious person I am, I wanted to know if anyone ever solved the mystery about what the objects were and if they were drones, who was flying them? Well, the short answer here is no. No one ever did. And Senator Michael Bennett of Colorado is, quote, greatly concerned about this. Now, Bennett sits on the Select Committee on Intelligence, which led efforts to get that UAP report released. It describes sightings, mainly by military pilots, that some think might be advanced technology. Though that's different from the descriptions of the drones made by people in Colorado, but both mysteries deserve answers. A statement released by the office of Senator Bennett says, and I quote, getting to the bottom of this phenomena is a national security imperative, end quote. For a few weeks around New Year's in 2020, Colorado was the national spotlight. News reports described drones flying in weird grid-like patterns all around the areas, and some journalists even chronicled their own close encounters. A news story at the time featured a woman by the name of Raymarie Knowles, and she, she had shot a grainy video of an object with flashing lights making a buzzing noise over her house. And she says she counted dozens more of what appeared to be drones on that night in 2020. I believe it was January the 4th. And she said they were flying in some kind of pattern. She also described the drones as being big, and said the undercarriage was lit up. She said she could tell that it was not any kind of plane or anything like that because she could see the outline of the drones in the dark. And meanwhile, neighboring Nebraska and Kansas were also dealing with their own mysterious drone swarms. From December of 2019 to January of 2020, residents of Nebraska, Colorado, and Kansas had multiple sightings of numerous unmanned aerial vehicles, or UAVs, with wingspans of up to six feet flying between 6 and 10 o'clock at night in some sort of grid formation. One Nebraska deputy reported seeing 30 to 50 drones in the sky. Witnesses were alarmed by the size and the speed of these UAVs. It got to the point that some residents were going to arm themselves and begin hunting down the drones in an attempt to shoot them out of the sky. Now, there are consistencies among the eyewitness reports 
that suggest these drones possessed longer flight times than most off-the-shelf UAVs. The witness testimony appeared legitimate enough to local and state law enforcement and the FAA to take the sightings seriously. But still, that doesn't mean there wasn't a frenzy. On January 29, 2020, a reporter for Vice named Aaron Gordon published an article where he claimed that the mysterious drone sightings were, quote, a classic case of mass hysteria. And in an earlier article, he said that the Colorado Department of Public Safety flew a multi-mission aircraft uh, for nearly five hours in Colorado, and that was on the 6th of January, and they didn't find any suspicious drone activity at all. Now, some call that Vice article shoddy reporting, but some of the sightings could have been hysteria, particularly after the drones made the national news. Some officials even became a little hysterical. Deputies in Nebraska reported finding, and I quote this, space potatoes after chasing drones through a field. Now, an actual fact here is that the lumpy brown objects that they found were uh, a farming product used to fill irrigation ruts in the field. They weren't space potatoes. I wish, God, I wish I could. I'm going to have to invent a dish, a side dish, and call it space potatoes. (laughs) Just space potatoes. But as quickly as the drones came, they disappeared. Now, a man in Maryland named Douglas Johnson He was paying special attention to these news reports, and he says that one of the things he noticed early on was that some of the activity reported was near Warren Air Force Base, and that piqued his interest. Now, why am I mentioning this man, and why did this pique his interest? Well, Mr. Johnson is a volunteer researcher with the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. That's kind of like a a think tank that uses scientific methods to try to explain mysterious objects in the sky. And Warren Air Force Base near Cheyenne piqued his interest because it's tasked with securing dozens of active nuclear missile silos in on the plains in Wyoming, Nebraska, and Colorado. The Colorado sightings might fit a pattern that Johnson's tracking, something maybe a little less mystifying than UFOs, but no less perplexing. With Kroger Delivery, even if you don't live near a Kroger store, you can still get fresh groceries delivered to your door. Kroger's professional drivers guarantee your food is handled with care, and their refrigerated trucks mean that every order gets you extra fresh. Visit Kroger.com and start your cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. As a Boost by Kroger member, you'll enjoy unlimited free delivery all year long. Sign up for a 30-day risk-free trial at kroger.com slash boost. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
government officials taking reports of drones near two dozen nuclear power facilities around the country. That's what he's tracking, and that's kind of scary. Over a five-year period, there were 57 incidents. That's 57. And by the time Johnson got the list, only five of these things had been solved out of 57. So Johnson obtained that list, which covers incidents as recent as 2019, by filing a FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, request with the Federal uh, Nuclear Regulatory Commission. He also filed with agencies looking into the report of the drones in Colorado. And eventually, he got thousands of pages of documents, including documents from the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration. And he shared those documents with a radio station in Colorado, KUNC. And they add context to statements officials had already made, like when the Air Force said no drones were emanating from Warren Air Force Base, and Johnson's documents contain no evidence that objects entered military or restricted space. While they do provide a glimpse into how much officials scrambled to explain this drone mystery and how little they discovered, including the FAA. The FAA had people in the field who were seriously trying to get to the bottom of this mystery and find out who was behind these formation flying drones that were alarming the populace. But were they successful? Well, let's rewind to when all of that stuff began. It was late December of 2019. A state official contacted the FAA to ask for their assistance after receiving reports about objects in the skies that appeared to be drones. As news headlines hit, the top person in the FAA, its administrator, a man by the name of Steve Dixon, emailed his team on December the 29th asking, quote, do we have any information about these purported sightings? After New Year's, on January the 3rd, one answer was that there were more reports of drones. An FAA official noted sightings in several eastern Colorado counties and said that deputy sheriffs were among the witnesses. Documents show that the FAA contacted small airports, drone test sites, drone companies, and companies authorized to operate drones. The agency also checked with multiple officials in the Pentagon and the command responsible for safeguarding the skies from attack, NORAD, that resides in Colorado Springs. A statement released by the FAA said, and I quote, there is high confidence that these reports of mysterious drones are not covert military activities, end quote. So by January the 6th, 2020, the mystery had reached a peak as the tiny city of Brush on the eastern plains was host to a large meeting. 77 local sheriffs, state officials, and representatives from federal agencies, including the FAA, gathered to meet there at Brush, and they locked out 
the news reporters. The Freedom of Information documents included notes from that meeting showing officials were concerned about residents who might break the law and try to shoot the drones down. The FAA did not know what, if any, laws or regulations had been broken and or violated. The agency also believed that the only true way to address the issue would have been to identify the operator. Afterwards, officials told the press they were forming a task force, but it was short-lived. About a week later, on January 13, 2020, the Colorado Department of Homeland Security issued a press release saying there was no evidence supporting sightings of large drones traveling in patterns. Some of the sightings, the release said, were airplanes, planets, and stars. The FAA, according to the documents, supported its operations around the same time or suspended its operations around the same time, saying reports of sightings had significantly diminished and that they had failed to see anything at all. So it seems to me like they just kind of shrugged their shoulders and moved on to other business. Like, eh, you know, can't do anything about it. Sorry. I wouldn't ask what's happened since the reports just basically dried up last year. An FAA spokesperson said the agency hasn't received any information that enabled them to determine what exactly it was that the people were seeing. This includes whether what people saw were drones and, if so, who was flying them. In a statement, Colorado Homeland Security officials said they received no new complaints. And as a result, no additional action has been taken. The aforementioned Senator Bennett isn't the only one to see the lack of answers as a threat to the national security. Others, including his colleague, now former Senator Cory Gardner, a Colorado Republican, worried at the time of the instance about their ongoing implications. He says, and once again I'm quoting, if we can't find out who they are, how they are being controlled, who is controlling them, and what is to keep the nation, a nation like Iran or North Korea from looking at this instance and saying, boy now, we should come out and do the same thing, end quote. Even if this Colorado, Nebraska activity turns out to be some, I don't know, actor that's totally innocuous and harmless, it's still troubling that the government can't find out who it is or says that they haven't been able to find it out, right? Activity of that scale going on for at least three weeks, well, that's, that's concerning, why is it so difficult to determine who's flying a drone? In 2018, Gatwick Airport in England had to cancel hundreds of flights after drones were spotted by the runway. Chaos reigned between the 19th of December to the 21st of December while the police and the military investigated. Now, on the 21st of December, a couple were arrested, and they were later awarded 200,000 pounds 
for compensation for false imprisonment. And on December 23rd, police said it was a possibility that there was never a drone at all. And in April 2019, police and Gatwick officials claimed that the incident was probably an inside job. And here's another problem. If an individual is controlling a drone from the ground, then radio frequencies can be used to determine where the transmission is coming from. The problem comes when there's a drone that's flying with radio silence, so it's not transmitting. No one's transmitting to it. It might have something like a flight plan on board, so it executes its mission, and it doesn't need any control from the ground, and that makes it very hard to do anything about. But once again, that is a very that would be a very expensive drone. I don't see those being sold over the counter, off the shelf, whatever you want to call it. I see those as being, uh, I don't know, more for military, government, or, or business use. I mean, those things, for you to be able to program a flight plan and a set of instructions in a drone, that's got to be highly expensive, right? And then... Why would you even want to do that? What's the purpose of that? Unless it's just recon or something. I don't I don't know. But if that's the case, then it's really hard to track a radio signal because there's not one coming from them. Of course, clues can be found in the drones themselves, which is why witnesses in Colorado, Nebraska, and Kansas wanted to shoot them down. Because these drones were reportedly very large and very fast, some assumed they were military. In early January of 2020, F.E. Warren Air Force Base in Wyoming denied ownership of the drones after inquiries from local newspapers. Well, of course they would deny using these drones if they were up to you know, doing no good, something nefarious. Of course they're going to deny it. But what really happened in the sky above the American Midwest and in those fateful winter months, and what can the incident tell us about new technology and old fears? Did the mystery drones really exit, and if so, or did they really exist? I can't even read my script. Did the mystery drones really exist, and if so, why can't anyone find out who was behind them? Is a new type of conspiracy theory being born here? Are drones the new UFOs? Those are all very valid questions that I personally don't have the answer to right now. So in conclusion here, who could possibly possess the kind of technology seen in the skies in early 2020? Locals speculate about drug dealers, secret government operations, or foreign spies. But really, you or I could purchase a powerful drone. There's a commercial drone on the market called the Penguin B from a Latvian company that's about six feet in wingspan and has a very long endurance. So I could go and fly one of those things tomorrow if I had the money to buy it. 
one of the witnesses of the Colorado drones runs a Facebook group that has everyone from just curious eyewitnesses to people who believe the drones somehow cause COVID-19. Some are self-confessed UFO enthusiasts. Mystery drones, after all, are unidentified flying objects. UFOs are UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Just, I guess, by another name. In 2018, the top two websites for reporting UFOs revealed there's been a rapid decline in worldwide UFO sightings since 2014. Now, in January 2019, drone researcher uh, Fanny Greenwood said that this decline coincides with a period when relatively advanced drone technology first became truly accessible to consumers. And one FAA official even said that not too long ago, we would have called these things UFOs and not drones. Yep, now everything's a drone. Nothing's a UFO anymore. Now it's a drone. The most likely explanation comes down to good old human psychology. If we see something we can't identify, we're likely to insist in whatever seems most plausible to us. And what seems plausible may change depending on current events and modern fears. There are multiple instances in which pilots mistakenly reported drone sightings. In 2016, police reported that a passenger plane at Heathrow Airport collided with a drone before the UK's transport minister stated it may have even been a plastic bag. So even... With Kroger Delivery, even if you don't live near a Kroger store, you can still get fresh groceries delivered to your door. Kroger's professional drivers guarantee your food is handled with care. And their refrigerated trucks mean that every order gets you extra fresh. Visit Kroger.com and start your cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. As a Boost by Kroger member, you'll enjoy unlimited free delivery all year long. Sign up for a 30-day risk-free trial at Kroger.com slash boost. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, you keep trying to get in shape and it keeps not working. I'm Lacey Green, a super trainer with body. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And I've got a story you have to hear. I have a client who came to me because she was really frustrated that every gym or trainer she tried made her feel bad because she was a beginner. She had tried it all and she just felt humiliated. And that's when we started working together and I took her through my three-week program called For Beginners Only. Once she realized that she wasn't the problem and that she just needed the right program, she started to get results. And now she's completely unstoppable and feeling so strong and confident. And I can do the same for you. On the Body app, subscribers lose five to 10 pounds consistently in their first month. And I bet you will too. In fact, CNN underscore just named Body best fitness app. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year Body membership, you'll get an instant $30 off. That saves 59%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. Again, that's B-O-D-I.com. Let's do this. Pilots are having trouble identifying these things. 
And even when drone incidents are real, mystery can breed suspicion. When people hear about these things, they interpret the information in line with their prior beliefs. If you believed that powerful forces are up to shady things and generally have a mistrust of official information, you could be more likely to see a hidden motive there. As I said earlier, documents attained from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission show that there were 57 drone-related security events at NRC licensed facilities between 2014 and 2019. Only five of these incidents were deemed resolved. Additionally, on two nights in September 2019, security guards reported seeing a number of drones flying over the largest power plant in the U.S., and that's at Palo Verde. It's Palo Verde Generating Station in Arizona. On January 21st, 21st, on January of 2021, the Pentagon released a new strategy to encounter small drones with officials with official documents stating, and I quote, technology trends are dramatically transforming legitimate applications of small drones while simultaneously making them increasingly capable of weapons in the hand of state actors, non-state actors, and criminals. So, was the whole thing real, or was it just imagined? Is it a conspiracy or some sort of covert operation, or maybe a little of both? Could it even be that some suspicious, I don't know, drone hobbyists believe the FAA itself orchestrated the mystery so they could enforce tighter regulations. I addressed that, by the way, in my podcast episodes, and it's at least plausible. At least. The final rule on remote ID is going to require most drones operating in the United States to have remote ID capability. Remote ID will provide information about the drones in flight, like the identity and location and altitude of the drone and its control station or takeoff locations. Authorized individuals from the public safety organization may request identity of the drone's owner from the FAA. So this was one of the topics that I discussed about how this whole mystery drone sighting sure was coincidental with this proposed ruling by the FAA. Now, it hadn't uh, come to fruition yet, but it was, it was about to be. It was out there. So I did what any intrepid reporter would do because I looked it up, posted the link to it on my website, for you guys to read the proposal. Now, the FAA's notice of proposed rulemaking on remote identification 
of Unmanned Aircraft Systems was published on the 31st of December, 2019. The FAA received over 53,000 comments on the NRPM during its only 60-day comment period following publication. The FAA reviewed all the comments and considered them when writing the final rule. Now, the final rule was published in the Federal Register on January 15, 2021, with the original effective date of March 16, 2021. But corrections made to the rule and published in the Federal Register on March 10, 2021, delayed the effective date to April 21, 2021. So we've already passed that date. So it has become effective. Now, there is also a link to this final rule on the homepage right there in the show notes. So I thought about just posting the document on my website, but there's absolutely no way I'm going to do that because it's like 470 pages long. It is a beast and monster. And this is just something about drones. Can you imagine all the other stuff that's more important? How many pages and pages of stuff like that is out there? 470 pages about this drone thing. It's just, I don't even know what to say. That's 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 just a lot. I think it's like over-regulation. But I didn't read the whole thing either, but I think it's over-regulation. Now, there are three ways drone pilots are going to be able to meet the identification requirements of the remote ID rule. Now, this is from... The final rule, okay? So number one is to operate a standard remote ID drone. Now that is going to broadcast identification and location information about the drone and its control station. A standard remote ID drone is one that's produced with a built-in remote ID broadcast capability in accordance with the remote ID rules requirements. So in other words, if you're going to buy off-the-shelf drone, it's going to have this technology already built into it. There's really nothing you can do about it. Second thing is uh, operate a drone with a remote ID broadcast module. A broadcast module is a device that broadcast identification and location information about the drone and its takeoff location in accordance with the remote ID's rule requirements. The broadcast module can be added to a drone to retrofit it with remote ID capability. Persons operating a drone with a remote ID broadcast module must be able to to see their drones at all times during a flight. So it's not just enough for you to be able to use it and it goes far enough that you can't see anymore around a corner or whatever, but you can still see things to the camera and stuff on it. Nope, now it has to be visible to the naked eye during flight. Third and final thing is that uh, it says operate without remote ID equipment. At FAA-recognized identification errors are... FIRAs, F-R-I-A's, sponsored by community-based organization or educational institutions, 
Fira are the only locations unmanned aircraft, drones, and radio-controlled airplanes may operate without broadcasting remote ID message elements. Now, like I said, I've got a link posted in the show notes on the Parareality homepage that'll take you to the PDF file of the final rule just in case you want to read it. But fair warning, is 470 pages. There were a lot of people who were against this proposed rule change because they genuinely felt like it was some sort of an invasion of their privacy, a form of uh, Big Brother looking down upon them, tracking their every move, just another uh, part, you know, of uh, government oversight, uh, basically the government sticking their nose in where it didn't belong. And I discussed that in my very first um, episode that I did on these drones. And I have to say that I, you know, I'm not a drone flyer. I have a, a, a little uh, $100 Walmart drone that I've flown maybe three times in my life. Uh, and I've had it for years. It doesn't, doesn't have a camera on it or anything like that. It's just, a, you know, something I bought as, uh, on a whim just to play around with. So I am not a drone pilot. I know I have a friend, a very good friend of mine, who has a big-time drone, and he can fly the hell out of that thing, and he's got some great pictures and stuff off of it. Um, I haven't asked his opinion on what the rules are. I don't even know if he's really aware of these rules. Um, But anyway, I kind of got off track here. Um, I have to say, I kind of agree with what these people are saying, is that it's... um, almost like the government is, well, I guess basically just uh, trying to keep track of the civilians uh, probably a little bit more than what they should. However, playing devil's advocate here, you look at this very case that we're talking about and you have all of these drones flying in the skies above residential areas and you don't know who in the hell is flying these things. You don't know where they're coming from, where they're going, what they're doing up there, why uh, or who is controlling them, where these people are at. And this new rule would require people to... um, have these things on their drones. I mean, if you buy one right now, a commercial drone off of the shelf, it's going to have all this tracking activity in it. It's going to have all this software. It's going to have all of this, this stuff in it that people can use to track the drones. And if you have a commercial drone, excuse me, that was brought, bought prior to this rule being changed, technically by law, you should be retrofitting your drone with these gadgets. And like I said, people are a little bit pissed that the government is able to track them and keep an eye on them, especially those people who aren't doing anything wrong. If I'm just taking my drone out into a field behind my house and I'm flying it around, 
What does the government need to know that I'm doing that for? If I'm a farmer and I'm flying the drone through my crop field to survey it for whatever reason, why the hell does the government need to know about where I'm flying my drone to or what I'm doing with it? Same thing if construction sites use it a lot, (coughs) hunters uh, use it a lot to scout out um, places where the game trails would be or, heck, any... You can just, you know, countless, countless reasons. TV shows today, especially reality TV shows, are full of drone footage. And you can use a drone basically like you used to use a helicopter for to get all these sweeping aerial footage, you know, of, of whatever. And now an independent filmmaker, let's just say I want to make a film about whatever, I can go out and hire a drone pilot or buy a drone and fly it myself for like 10 times cheaper than I could to like rent a helicopter. Probably a lot more than 10 times cheaper. So drones have their place. They're great. It's technologically advanced and all that sorts of stuff. But if I'm using my drone to get an aerial shot of a documentary film that I'm making, or I'm flying it in a field behind my house to have a good time with my, you know, five-year-old son or whatever, why does the government need to know what I'm doing with this? Well, look, the government really, do you really think if you're going to take your drone out to the field behind your house and fly it around for a couple of hours, do you really think that the government is keeping track of stuff like that? Do you really think they are? you think the government is paying someone or a group of people to sit at some freaking dark clandestine office somewhere deep in the side of a mountain at a bank of computers, and they're keeping track of everybody that's flying a drone at this very moment. No, they're not. They are absolutely not. However, with Kroger delivery, even if you don't live near a Kroger store, you can still get fresh groceries delivered to your door. Kroger's professional drivers guarantee your food is handled with care. And their refrigerated trucks mean that every order gets you extra fresh. Visit Kroger.com and start your cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. As a Boost by Kroger member, you'll enjoy unlimited free delivery all year long. Sign up for a 30-day risk-free trial at Kroger.com boost. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you got a person or persons that are flying a drone over a residential neighborhood at night and you don't know what's going on and this continues night after night after night and you have a fleet of them and they're flying in some sort of pattern or something and they're freaking people out, that's when the government's going to get in there and they're going to use their software to track these drones. So that's why the government wants this or wanted this change. That's why they created this change. So if you're not doing anything wrong with your drone, you don't have to worry about the government keeping tracking you and coming after you because you're not doing anything. But if you're going to take your drone and you're going to try to spy on your neighbor while she's changing clothes after she gets out of the shower and she's toweling herself off or whatever, and you got the drone hovering outside her bedroom window, then yeah, you should probably worry. Or if you're, you know, using it to scare a bunch of people in the neighborhood or, or whatever bad thing you're doing with the drone, yeah, you need to be concerned because, the, you know, the government's going to come after you with that. So does the government have a right to control 
the airspace that drones fly in? Well, apparently the government feels that they do. And I'm going to have to say I kind of agree with what the government is saying here with where they're coming from. I mean, yeah, it is kind of an invasion of privacy, but really if you're not doing anything bad with your drone, if you're just flying it for recreational purposes to have fun, you don't have anything to worry about, and you're not having an invasion of your privacy if the government's not looking at your drone footage or at your your drone coordinates. Now, I know that there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there who are listening to this podcast, and they're like, oh, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but this is just the government's way of coming back to us and keeping their thumb on everything that we do. You know, you, you've got the Patriot Act that happened after the 9-11 attacks, and that took a lot of our privacy away from us. And our movements now are restricted. I mean, have you flown lately? You know how freaking difficult it is to fly? I, I love to travel, and I love to go new places, but I would rather freaking have my fingernails pulled out by the root than have to go through freaking TSA because it sucks. Because you got to, I would rather just tell everybody, just get naked. Just come to the airport, take off all your effing clothes, go through the airport naked, and then not worry about it. I would rather do that than have to get up to the freaking x-ray scanner. Yeah, take your shoes off. Take your belt off. Take your phone out of your pocket. Take everything out of your pocket. If you have a, a, a metal button or something somewhere on your pocket and you go through the little x-ray scanner or the the metal detector thing and it goes off, now you got to get it pulled off to the side. You have to get either patted down or wanded or something like that. Or heaven for, forbid that you accidentally forget that you have something in your pocket. I, the last time I flew, I had something in my pocket. I can't remember what it was now, but I had something in the pocket of my shorts, totally forgot about it, and they found it, of course, on the x-ray thing. I had to take it out of my pocket put it through the x-ray machine, and come back through the shit again. And that just, stuff like that is just annoying. But I'm getting on my soapbox here, so I'm going to get off of that. But So you've got things like that, and it's just, you know, I can understand where people are coming from. They're saying it's just one more thing for the government to, you know, keep their eye on us, to put that thumb, you know, on us and, and control us a little bit more. But really, like I said, if you don't have any nefarious activities with your drone, if you're not doing anything illegal with it, then you've got nothing to worry about. Who cares if the government can pinpoint your drone if you're out behind your house in the field flying it? Who cares if the government says, oh, well, I know that person is flying his drone out in the field somewhere. Who who cares? But if you're taking your drone or if you are the victim of someone who is using a drone for uh, a bad reason. What if you're the person that is taking a shower and you get out of the shower and you're toweling yourself off and you look through your bathroom window and you see a friggin' drone there blinking at you with a camera on it? Wouldn't you want to be able to know who the culprit was? I think you would if you were violated like that. If you had small children 
or if you're a, a woman that lives alone, you don't have to be a woman. You can be anybody. And you keep seeing a fleet of drones appear over your house night after night after night. And wouldn't that freak you out? Wouldn't you want to know what was going on? I think the answer to that would be yes. I know I certainly would. So there's the reasoning behind getting this law passed or this bill passed. Like I said, if you want to read it, I'm going to have the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to have a link to a PDF web page that has it. Uh, and it's, like I said, it's 470 pages long. So if you want to read it, you knock yourself out. Go ahead and read it. I'm sure they made it that way on purpose because who really is going to sit down and read all 470 pages? I know I'm not. So, yeah, the, the link for my two prior podcasts are on the show notes, are in the show notes, along with the link to this. It's a web page that has a PDF file with the drones on it. And you can download it if you want to, too. It's, I don't I know I don't own it or anything like that, but it's not a leak. It's there for everybody to see. So you can download that or read it online or whatever. But on my homepage, in the show notes for this particular episode, all the way down at the bottom, you'll see all three links. So if you want to listen to the two prior episodes that I did, knock yourself out. If you want to read the final report, you go ahead and you do that too. Now, my final thought, whether real or imagined, one thing is evident. Drones are capable of causing chaos, and we absolutely should be concerned about the malevolent use of consumer drones. Well, that about does it for this short and sweet episode for Parareality. Thanks for listening. Before I close it out, though, I do want you to listen to one more thing here. Did you like being scared? Does the feeling of your throat tightening fear leave you unable to scream excitement? If the answer to these questions is yes, then you should listen to Scared to Death, stories of suspense, science fiction, and horror. Scared to Death airs the third Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Tune in for the fright of your life. things are going in the world? Have you always wanted to save whatever was on your mind without having to listen to someone bitch about it or suffer any repercussions? Well, me too. That's why I created the Set It Off podcast. I'm sick and tired of the stupidity that's going on around here, and I'm going to let everybody know how I feel about it. So hop on board this train and fasten your seatbelt because I'm about to set it off. Set It Off can be heard on your favorite podcast station. New episodes drop on the fourth Friday of every month at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You never know what I'm going to say next. I hope that you enjoyed tonight's episode of Parareality. Short and sweet one tonight. If you want to leave a comment about it or anything else about the podcast, 
let me let me tell you how you can get in touch with me because there are a few different ways that you can go about it, and here they are. The best, quickest, easiest way to do it is to email me, sandman at parareality.com, or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash sandman.parareality. That's the official Facebook page for the podcast. You can post a message on my wall or slide into my DMs, and if you have a Twitter or an Instagram account, you can follow me on both of those. My username is at Radio. That's at Radio on both Instagram and Twitter. And finally, you can always call the podcast 615-692-1170 and leave me a message here on the studio line right here in the secret bunker. But I, don't, you're, I want you to remember this. If you do decide to leave me a message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want that to happen, you need to let me know somewhere in your message. I'm always looking for interesting stories for the podcast. So if you have a story that you'd like to get on the show, if you want to even just be a guest on the show, or you just want to leave me a message telling me your story, just tell it to me over the voicemail. I think there's like a three-minute time limit on that. So if you run out of time, call back and pick up right where you left off. So those are all the different ways you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on Parareality. Speaking of Parareality, don't forget to visit Parareality.com. That's the official website for this podcast. Parareality.com is a place where you can keep up on all the latest paranormal news from all around the world. I got an entire page of the website devoted to paranormal news, and the content is updated almost daily. You can also shop in the Parareality store, watch some of the terrible videos that I've made for the show over the years, and listen to the podcast archives. I got tons of audio on the website from the various incarnations of Parareality throughout the years, along with my other podcasts, Set It Off and Scared to Death. You can find all of that content for free in the archive section of the website. That's parareality.com. Make sure you check it out. Parareality can be heard on your favorite podcast station. Just search for Parareality. And if you've got a smart speaker, you can listen there too. If you have any of the podcast skills on your device, just say, play the Parareality podcast. I've also got that YouTube account, and you can listen to the podcast there too. Um, lots of people do that. I get comments on YouTube uh, from people listening to the podcast. Uh, there's no. Uh, sometimes I do show videos up there, but it's mostly audio of the podcast. I don't know why people listen to it on YouTube, but hey, they do. And I've also got a, a little news segment on there called News of the Strange that I did two or three episodes on. And it's got some of those terrible show videos that I did back when I was a one-man internet TV person. Those They're horrible, but uh, I have those videos up there for your enjoyment. And so to find the channel, all you got to do is go to youtube.com slash user slash parareality1, and that's how you can find it. Or just go to YouTube and type in parareality with the number one out beside it, no underscore, no dash, no space, just parareality one. So those are all of my social media links. So make sure you check them out. Gosh, I appreciate you guys listening with this short episode of Parareality tonight. Podcast is going to return on Friday, May 20th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. 
I hope that this podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change that you see in the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, a great weekend, and I'll see you again soon on Friday, May 20th. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Kroger delivery, even if you don't live near a Kroger store, you can still get fresh groceries delivered to your door. Kroger's professional drivers guarantee your food is handled with care. And their refrigerated trucks mean that every order gets you extra fresh. Visit Kroger.com and start your cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. As a Boost by Kroger member, you'll enjoy unlimited free delivery all year long. Sign up for a 30-day risk-free trial at Kroger.com slash boost. Restrictions apply. See site for details.